Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 96 of the Root of Horror podcast. On this episode, this is a previously YouTube live episode podcast on the Root Horror podcast YouTube channel, but I'm re-uploading it to the audio version and um, in time for Easter weekend since uh, one of the films we talk about is Cute Little Buggers, uh, which is a uh, <laughs> rabbits uh, horror film, like you know, killer rabbits, so to speak. So I figured maybe that would be kind of uh, a good tie-in with Easter, even though this episode was recorded in February. And uh, we briefly do talk about a couple Valentine's Day horror films, so... Uh, just keep in mind that this is an episode, and uh, I hope you enjoy my conversation with UK's Scream Queen, Danny Thompson. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. You're watching and listening to the Root Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and today I'll be talking to an actress, Scream Queen, Danny Thompson. She's been in films like Cute Little Buggers. Uh, Pumpkins, Axe to Grind, Christmas Slay, um, and Video Shop Tales of Terror 1 and 2, which I just found out uh, not that long ago that a sequel is being made. And like 70 plus films, like just it, it's incredible. So uh, I just want to say thank you so much, Danny, for taking time and uh, coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. So um, first off, before we get into, uh, you know, conversation about the films that you've worked on, um, what got you into the horror genre? Um, I've always loved horror films and it was I didn't intend to just go down the horror route. But when I had finished drama school, I ended up doing one horror film and then some of the crew on that were making another horror film and it just kind of steamrolled and became a thing. So now it's become a thing. I quite like it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I looking through some of your films, um, most of them were horror films. So I didn't know if like, uh, you know, horror was like more like the thing that, uh, that you like to uh, just either be a part of, or I didn't know if this was just more like, just work to you or like you know are you like really passionate about the horror genre no i am passionate about the horror genre like i said i didn't set out just to do horror but because i do love horror films it's nice to be able to you know make films in the genre that i love and i feel like i've kind of found my niche so now i think you know people will book me just for horror which it's fine it's fine with me i'm good with that <laughs> Well, you, you do very well uh, working within the horror genre, so I I understand why you keep working in horror films. <laughs> I don't think I've actually made like 70 films or whatever, though. A lot of the time films get put on IMDb, things that are going to be made, and then some of them don't ever happen. There are a few that my very early things that I did that never saw the light of day. So I, I wouldn't say I've done 70 because that's a lot. I've done a lot, but not that many. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was looking at, at your IMDb. And I, and I seen that, like, you have music videos and stuff. Like, you, you work on music as well. 
Um, a little bit, yes. So I, I, yeah, a little bit. I've done. I've released an album, and I may do some more, but it's not. It's it's for fun, really. Okay, for sure. Um, what uh, I I did want uh, ugh, I wanted to mention last year uh, I had uh, special effects artist Tracy Jane on the show, and she's worked on um, several films that uh, have have either been like released or are about to be released. Uh, that that uh, you're acting in the films. Um, and then, you know, you've also worked a lot with uh, Lawrence Harvey on some of your films. Yeah. Um, so uh, what could you tell us about uh, working on, like, you know, the films Witches in the Sands and, and the video shop Tales of Terror and Mosaic? Oh. Like, those are films that you and Tracy have, have been working on. Yeah, um, I mean, I I work more with the directors. Um, the, the Video Shop Tales Terror and Mosaic are both kind of the same team behind um, the production. And I've worked with them on Ice Cream on the Beach, which is how I met Alex Churchyard from Tiz Films. Um, and so Mosaic was him and his business partner, Mike's, Mike Holiday. And so and obviously Lawrence has been involved in some of those um which other ones did which is in sound is Tony Marden which is he's um he's I and I started working with him the first time I worked with him was on Beyond Fury and he's a really good actor a really good guy um so yeah it tends to be people all work with each other in this it's kind of a small industry here in the indie UK indie horror scene everybody knows everybody so, um, yeah, I mean, they've all been a lot of fun. And Lawrence, actually, I, years ago, give it a second. Did you, did I disappear then? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, my phone keeps ringing and it's like my phone doesn't ring all day and then it rings when I'm on a podcast. Um, of course. <laughs> um, so Lawrence, I actually interviewed years ago, I think before I was really even acting and I had a little column in Haunted magazine and it's when he did Human Centipede 2 and all of the rest of the cast had just a couple of questions for each of them and everybody else would do it by email and Lawrence wanted me to phone him and because I'd seen the film I was absolutely terrified of him I was like I don't want to speak to him he's scary he's creepy but obviously now I've worked with him loads and he's the nicest guy like he's absolutely lovely um I, I don't even know how many films I've done with Lawrence now but yeah I mean now he's a really good friend and I'm no longer frightened of him Right. Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, My Bloody Banjo the other day and, you know, both you and Lawrence are in that film and yeah. uh, as well as uh, Lloyd Kaufman. I was surprised to see him on. Yeah. Um, did, did you get to interact with him much on on set or? I did. He... I have, uh, oh. Yeah, I'm in a scene with Lloyd, actually. I think I think the only scene with Lloyd I'm in in that in in My Bloody Banjo. So it was a scene in a hospital or a doctor's surgery and um we kind of have a fight over an injection that's, that's right. I mean, it's so long ago that's what i remember yeah yeah he he played a doctor and uh yeah of course he had to say some very comical lines and uh yeah i mean <laughs> it's a fun so i think i don't know he's he's also in uh eating miss campbell i think i have seen it but that's kind of it's not quite a sequel to my bloody banjo but it's set in the same kind of film universe interesting interesting yeah um 
that that film it kind of reminded me a little bit of like uh drop dead fred or something like that where uh you know the the guy has an imaginary friend and um you know yeah. his imaginary friend is always getting into mischief and you know messing with people um do you think like that was maybe one of the um influences on the film yeah i mean that was definitely one of the influences on the film for me um so i think it was that mixed with the kind of helen lotta movie so for research he made me watch a few old helen lotta movies like frankenhooker and um right was it brain dead uh, brain damage i think brain damage so yeah he made me watch a few of those to kind of get the vibe he was going for and i think it was kind of a mishmash of of those influences right yeah I, yeah now that you mentioned head and water yeah i can definitely see there's a lot of influence it's, there it's all set in a town called hen and lotter so the the imaginary ah. town named after him uh, makes sense now <laughs> <laughs> um and then there, there's a there's another film i wanted to bring up um that uh I actually had bought like several years back and uh, it, I, I don't know, I guess you could maybe consider it an Easter film. Cause like an Easter horror film. Cause it really isn't a whole lot of like killer bunny movies. So uh, uh, cute okay. little buggers. Yes. Um, you know, do you got any, uh, any, any stories about working on that one? Um, that was actually one of my quite early films. So usually well, not usually, but sometimes you film things and it takes a good few years for them to release. So that was very early for me. I think we shot that around 2013, 2014, maybe. Oh, wow. um, uh, they filmed on a farm. I mean, I only have a small role. Uh, we filmed on a farm, so we kind of camped in caravans. And um, I got sunburnt. That's, that's, I, you can't actually see it. There. <laughs> scene where I actually go into the forest and take my and I was like you're just gonna see that I'm glowing because it was so hot it was the middle of summer and I just wasn't expecting it to be quite so hot so I was like you're gonna see me kind of glowing radioactive on screen but luckily the lighting means that you don't <laughs> right yeah it was one of those films uh like just like first thought watch like seeing the cover and everything I'm like okay we're gonna get like, I don't know, somehow these little rabbits are going to kill people, like Night of the Lepus or something. And, yes, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, then then come to find out that they're actually like aliens. So right. I, I was just kind of like, okay, like this is definitely a twist I wasn't seeing coming. Yeah. But uh yeah. There was talk of a yeah. sequel and it never happened. I mean, I think they were they were kind of the script was in development and I think I was meant to come back. So I think as as an alien. So that because obviously I didn't end well in that for me and I was gonna come back as an alien that had been, you know, my body had been taken over by one of these alien bunnies. But it was <laughs> a lot of fun to film and I really enjoy working on green screen stuff or you know, with stuff that's not there. So I think some people, I think people either love it or they hate it. Some people kind of like, you know, a real person or something real to act to. I actually really enjoy like the imaginary world. Right. Yeah. It, it's definitely got a mixture of just like, you know, fantasy, horror, um, just things that like, 
only your imagination can think of, but yet it's it's on the screen for everyone to watch. Um, which you know those kind of films are just fun to to watch for me, like uh, you know, Leprechaun, like films like that that just you know it it, it messes with like um, I guess like holiday and just you know old full full folklore type of stuff that uh is just yet it's very far-fetched but yet um it's just so entertaining and cheesy and uh i think very silly but i think they should make some easter horror i mean you you know you get a christmas horror film comes out every year right I think they should do more. I don't know, like, I don't know, scary chickens or killer Easter eggs. I don't know. <laughs> right. Make, make Easter horror a thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could definitely uh, get something going with, like, you know, a sequel to Cute Little Buggers. And um, <laughs> I think that know, shit made... failed. That was a long time ago now. I don't think, I can't see that happening now, but it would have been fun had it happened at the time. For sure. For sure. Um, I, I did want to mention another film that you worked on called Axe to Grind. Yes. And uh, that film also had uh, Debbie Roshan in it, which, mm-hmm. you know, she's very well known here in the indie horror scene in the United States, working on trauma films. Um, you know, what, what was, what was your experience like working on that one? Because that one um, had a, I wouldn't say like uh like a me- a meta type of thing but it was sort of meta in a way because you know uh the actresses like yourself and and uh, all the other actresses in the film were playing like scream queens and you know going to like this abandoned like motel or uh hospital hospital, hospital yeah and just you know, it, it, it then it goes to like the classic uh, uh, recipe, like slasher films. Yes. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I think it's a good movie that people should watch. But uh, what what was your experience like working on that film? It was really good, actually. Obviously, they um, Debbie had actually just been to the UK, and we just shot Serial Caller, and I think she came over for a week. We shot Serial Caller in two weeks. And then, so she went back, so she had a week back in the States. Um, but we finished Serial Caller and I had one day off and then I flew over to LA to shoot um, Axe to Grind. So it was amazing. I mean, obviously I'd come straight from England, so the weather was great out there. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. So we shot in a place called Linda Vista, which is an old disused hospital. I believe they shot the pilot for ER there, but obviously a long time ago. Garbage shot a music video there. Um, there's a film called Boo, a horror ghosty paranormal film called Boo. They shot that there. So it's been used for filming a lot and people tend to use different rooms and then just leave things as they are. So, I mean, one room had this really creepy kind of dentist chair just in the middle and they just had a light shining down on it. And it was like, why, why is that there? Why is the light on in this room? Hmm. But we shot, I think I was over there for a week. I think they shot obviously other scenes for a bit longer. Um, but it was nice to be out there to shoot, you know, in the States and then also have a bit of time off to do some sightseeing. Right. Yeah, very cool. Um, what other like places around the world have you filmed at? 
besides um, like the UK and, and the United States? So the only other place I've shot other than the UK is Bulgaria, which was Christmas sleigh. So the film Christmas Slate is actually set in Scotland. So the script was written about, you know, this group of 20 something roles go off for Christmas in a cabin in the snow. But because you can't guarantee there will be snow in Scotland, I mean, usually there is, but there might not be. They booked Bulgaria, I think it was also worked out cheaper um, because they thought we can guarantee snow. And we shot in February. And I actually, as part of my contract, I was like, right, you have to buy me proper snow boots because I don't want to have cold feet. So that was my only diva demand. They bought me, <laughs> they bought me these snow boots and it, it was super warm out there. So there was snow on the ground that had frozen um, and wasn't melting, but yet the sun was out and it was actually pretty warm. We, and so we actually had to go right up into the mountains to get that one snow scene of the girls having a snowball fight and building a snowman. We actually had to go right up into Borovitz to actually shoot that and we had this driver who in this you know minibus and when you're driving around the sides of mountains and he's zooming around and all there is to stop you falling off if he goes off of this, these trees so we don't have roads like that in England or you know it's pretty flat here no mountains so um well there are but small ones not ones you can really drive off so that was an experience mm -hmm. nice nice um and then, so, and then this isn't going to be your first film uh, being in like a Christmas horror settings. You got another one you're working on, um, yeah. Nightmare on 34th Street, I believe is the title. Yes, that film has been going for years. I shot my scenes, I'm going to say four or five years ago. It was a long time ago. Um, oh, wow. But I've been guaranteed it might be out. I've been guaranteed it might be out. That's like a oxymoron um it might be out next christmas maybe could be okay possible i think they were still shooting extra scenes it's an anthology so it's lots of little bits so yeah hopefully it'll be out because i always think it's a shame when things just disappear right right and then just i mean that, it's such a good title you know to play on like miracle on 34th street um you know, I'm I'm interested to see like if there's gonna be like any callbacks to that film or you know, or of uh Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, like is there gonna be like little Easter eggs or is this just gonna be I honestly have no idea. Yeah. I don't I I think I saw my <laughs> scene. I don't know what the rest of the film's about. I have no clue. So I can't help you there. Okay. All right. I guess I'll just have to wait and wait and see. Um and for uh i don't know kind of going back to uh cute little buggers i forgot to mention okay. on the film uh you also act with uh caroline monroe she was in the film as well which you know it, within the horror genre she's kind of uh legendary status with you know the hammer horror films and one of my favorites maniac mm -hmm. um did you get to uh, interact with her much on the set or was she kind of uh, on set at, at a different time when, when you weren't around? She was on set at a different time, but I have met her since then and she's absolutely lovely. In fact, I've met her many times since then. So yeah, she's, uh, she's actually in um, 
another film that I'm in, which I also don't get to work with her, that should be coming out next year, which is called The Pocket Film of Superstitions. So she's also in that, in Tom Lee Rutter's segment. So, awesome, uh, awesome. But yeah, Caroline's lovely. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that she's still uh, acting and, you know, especially in the horror genre. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. She's got a massive fan base, obviously, from like the Hammer stuff and the Bond stuff. So, yeah, right, still does. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, and I also wanted to mention uh, that uh, you've done some modeling for like Rick Melton. Uh, <laughs> he did kind of like a 12 piece erotic horror series and had you feature in the paintings. Um, <laughs> That was the plan, but there only ended up being six. So it was going to what? be 12. He kind of got sidetracked. So I need to give him a nudge. Rick, hurry up. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but, the ones that I've seen, just, you know, like they're amazing. I mean, he's just an amazing artist in general. Yeah. That came about, I met him at Darkfest and it came about from there. And I, they've actually used one of his on the current Darkfest cover, oh, Dark Side magazine cover, sorry. The Dark Fest is kind of a small festival that they have in London um, in conjunction with Dark Side magazine and Caroline goes there and um, yeah, I met him at that last year, so 2022. And then from that, he was like, right, we're going to do the series with you. So he did a Vampira or is it Vampira? Vamp Vampirella maybe? The one in the red? I'm not um, sure. Va Vampirella. Vampirella. So he started with that. The one on the cover of Dark Side is um, with, I don't know, it's a vampire one. I'm a victim. But I actually didn't model for him for any of it. I didn't have to pose for him. He just he just paints from, like, he just says, send me a few pictures so he can, you know, get to know my face. And he worked with that. So, yeah, he didn't, I didn't actually have to go and, you know, pose naked for him at any point. Wow. Probably would, but I didn't. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's amazing that you know, he can make, you know, the artwork look like you. And then just, just from looking at pictures, that's. Yeah. I think <laughs> I awesome. just sent, sent him like a mix of headshots and other modeling shots. And yeah, he worked with those. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Um, well, one question I like to ask a lot of guests, just because I like to hear everyone's answers. Um, okay. What would be like your favorite universal or hammer horror film um, or like universal know. monster? Oh, I don't know. I, I, do you know, this is terrible because I've actually got a hammer box set and I've got the universal monsters box set and I haven't actually looked at any of the universal monsters box. Set. I haven't, haven't watched any. So I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you. Um, I don't know. That's, I, I really haven't like, watched them. I know that's like, really bad, as I should have, and they're all literally sat in my cupboard. But well, I mean, that's okay. Like, like, is there like any character that that uh, you know, that you kind of like more than others? I mean, I guess Dracula. I I do love vampires, and I actually did get to shoot. I did a photo shoot years ago at Bray Studios, which was where Hammer used to shoot, and it's still film studios, but. Um, not owned by them anymore, but they've still got the big sound studios. And one of the photographers I work with, he knows the manager. Um, so he let us use one of the old sound studios, which was the one where I think um, 
the Frankenstein's laboratory or Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory was built, you know, back then when they actually did do a mm. photo shoot. I've been to the place, haven't watched the movies. Wow, that's amazing. That's, yeah. that's more than I can say. She, jeez. Um, what was it? I was going to ask you something. Um, gosh, of course, of course, this would happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why you have notes, right? Um, and it's going to be something Universal Monster related. Uh, Go on, oh yeah, right now. Um, I, well, this, this was a while ago, but I had a, uh, an Italian composer on my podcast and he had worked on, uh, making the music for tale of the mummy. And, uh, he actually like won an award for, um, I want to say maybe that film, but it was, uh, when he got the award, uh, Christopher Lee actually handed him the award. And like for him, that was like, you know, one of the greatest moments that he, you know, that, uh, that, you know, that could have happened for him as far as like, you know, working within the horror genre. So, you know, Chris, I just got to say like Christopher Lee is one of the greatest Draculas to ever play, yes. you know, and especially with, with uh, hammer horror films, he just, <laughs> he's amazing. I have seen some of the Dracula ones, but I, d I couldn't tell you which ones because there's a lot. So, you know, I've seen some. Right. Yeah, the, the titles uh, are just all over the place. And he's played in most of the Hammer horror film ones. So it's like, you're not going to know which one it is unless, exactly. you know, you have the title in your hands. Like if you watch it on video or, you know, like hit the info button. <laughs> I think with my DVD box set, you get a little booklet so I can read stuff and learn as I go. For sure, for sure. Um, and I noticed uh, um, you, you kind of like more slasher films rather than like some of the other ones like, you know, zombies aren't really your thing, <laughs> but you like. Um, Once. Once you've seen a zombie, you've seen a zombie. I mean, it's like, where do you go with zombies? Apart from this new, this series, The Last of Us, that have you been watching that? So I guess they're not quite zombies. They're kind of overtaken by fungus creatures. And I'm loving that. But I do feel like zombies, it's like, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. So I think it's, I'm not a massive fan of zombie stuff. Some of it's good. I like the wreck movies. Um, you know, some of them are good, but yeah, I'm not, not the biggest zombie fan. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mind zombie films. I think they've, but the, I, uh, over the years, I think they've just kind of gotten to a point. Where it's like, where, what, you know, where can we go with with these films? Because yeah. a lot of a lot's already been done. I mean, it's it's hard to beat Romero's zombie series. Um, you know, Fulci's zombie films. I'm I'm a fan of those still, but. As far as like the newer stuff goes, like Twenty Eight Days Later, it's not really a zombie film, but it's pretty close. Um, mm. I really like. Right from me. That's I'm sorry. Good. What was that? That was shot just down the road from me. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I was trying to think when I I talked about this film on my podcast a while back, but 
there is um um something cool about that film like this behind the scenes where they can only shoot uh scenes from like i think they only had like an hour to film because um of all the traffic and stuff that would mm-hmm. that would uh you know happen throughout the day and just to be able to get those shots where no one's on the road like it's just completely empty i think they maybe had like an hour max to film as much as they could before traffic starts appearing yeah because and, it's, it's on the a12 it's like one of the main roads that go around london so it's you know it's a busy road all of the time right and you know that was fascinating to me and then also uh there's like a I want to say like a, a, a semi or like a, a big truck that was uh, on its side or maybe it was a car. All right. I don't know. Um, it was like a big vehicle on its side or like flipped upside down and they didn't have like any permits to do that. And so they had to like just really film that like really quick and then try to get uh, uh, it back up to normal and uh I thought that was uh, pretty cool just to see or hear about like behind the scenes stuff of, you know, big studio films trying to um, pull stuff like that off is, is pretty cool. But, but anyways, uh, trailing off from what I'm trying to get at slasher films, um, you know, what, what type of, uh, slasher films would be like ones that you like to watch more than others okay so i think for me i was it was like my end of high school years and that's when the you know the late 90s when that kind of resurgence of the slasher movie came back so for me Green was probably the film that made me really love the genre and actually i was in canada actually when i watched it i wasn't even in i wasn't here i was in canada over the summer visiting family and I think we were sat in my cousin's basement, a group of us, and we watched Scream, and I just loved it. And then obviously I came back to the UK, and then it was like, the, I know what you did last summer, and Urban Legend. So all of that, you know, that real 90s kind of glossy, you know, nice budget horror. Um, and then things like Final Destination, which is not a slasher, but, you know, it's, it's, it was very similar cast, wasn't it? There was obviously a group of actors that used to use for everything. Um, right. And The Craft, which again, not The Slasher, but another film that I love. So for me, that kind of late 90s horror was just all the late 90s, early noughties was just like my favorite era of horror. Um, Did you ever see the movie Valentine? Yeah, do you know, I watched it this week. Well, it's Tuesday, so I watched it on the weekend. I had a friend over and we were doing a podcast about Valentine's Day, ready for Valentine's Day. And... um, Mm -hmm came up and she hadn't seen it so we did actually watch it just a few days ago all right yeah i you know you bringing up like uh that slasher era reminded me of that film because you know valentine's day is coming up i think i i watched it uh i mean i you know i watched it back in the day on uh cable tv actually i (laughs) i remember that be an angel fan so obviously david boreanaz was in it is that i don't know if that's even how you say his name but yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. I watched it at the time, but I have it in my collection. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I like it. I, I know a lot of people don't really care for it, or it just kind of gets snubbed. Wrong. But uh, 
I really like it. And it actually, it was kind of one of my influences when I wrote Serial Caller, like having, you know, a, a big amount of things happen in one location. Um, and, and it was actually one of the films that kind of influenced me in, in a way with that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I know, uh, I, I don't know, like oddly, or I, I guess like it's kind of, I want to say disappointing, but, um, Catherine Heigl in the film, I thought she was excellent in the film, but, um, from what I've read, she absolutely hates that movie and she regrets even working on that film. Well, she was only uh, in it. She had like one scene at the beginning. I think that was before she really got big, wasn't it? It was kind of, it was like a very early thing for her. Yeah. Yeah. One of her, I guess, like dipping into like more or less like the rated R film scene. Mm. Um, it might be one of the films where maybe, uh, I don't know which film actually got her her big push, but it was definitely close to mm. around that time. But, you know, she wasn't in it that long. But no. from from what I've seen her in the film, I, I didn't think she did bad at all. Like, I, I thought it was a great scene, actually. Yeah, I, it was, it's the kind of opener, wasn't it? Kind of, you know, which is sometimes it's good just to go in and do that little bit and and then be done. Right. Like, get your, your big, uh, your big scene to where people will remember, you know, a rememberable yeah. scene is, is where you want to be at. I mean, that's true. It is a memorable scene because it is, you know, the, the opening scene generally is. Right. Right. So. But yeah, that, that film, uh, I think is, is underrated. I think that film is a film where people should go back and watch. Yeah. Um, on Valentine's day, if they're single and they've got nothing to do with Valentine's day, it's the perfect, Perfect thing to do. Or if you're not single, make your partner watch it on Valentine's Day. Right, right. Yeah, there's not too many Valentine horror films. I think My Bloody Valentine. Yes, yes. I mean that one's the big one. There's also a fan film that's uh I think maybe had its premiere either over the weekend or recently. They they had its uh had it playing at a horror convention over here in the U.S. I think it's called uh, Valentine Bluffs, okay. something like that. And it's like a, it's a fan film to the My Bloody Valentine film. And uh, apparently that one's doing really well. I've heard good reviews about it. So maybe we'll kind of see a little resurgence of Valentine's Day horror films as well as hopefully Easter films. Yeah. yeah. Any, 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 anything, any yearly event, let's, you know, make them a thing. Right. Right. I'm, I'm all for holiday horror films. I, yeah. I like them a lot. I mean, yeah. look at, uh, you know, Eli Roth is finally going to make his Thanksgiving horror film. I don't know much about Thanksgiving. So, so, all right, the story behind that one is um, um, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino made the Grindhouse films back in like, or at least they were released back in 2007. And it, it played as a double feature at the movie theater. 
and I think Planet Terror was first. That was Robert Rodriguez's, and then Quentin Tarantino's was Death Proof. Well, in between the movies at the movie theater, they had baby trailers, and okay. uh, Eli Roth's was this movie called Thanksgiving, and it was basically like a slasher film with like uh, a killer pilgrim, <laughs> like uh, a pilgrim killer. Uh, There's several scenes of just like quick scenes of uh, the the killer killing everybody like like in typical slasher form and there was some some shocking stuff on there that i probably won't say you'd have to watch it but uh you know i i think like it was so intriguing to a lot of people to where they're like man like why hasn't he made this into a full feature film like this is brilliant and so years later actually earlier well yeah early this year he mentioned how he was actually going to film a full length feature of Thanksgiving. And I think everyone's just kind of going a little crazy and about like, yes, it's finally going to get made. So, yeah. So that's, I guess that's some more holiday horror to, to look forward to. Um, yeah. Slasher films. They're definitely something that I think will be around probably forever. I mean, just the formula of slasher films is just is brilliant. And I think, you know, it, it keeps the younger people into horror as well, you know, as has everything that that you could want from from a horror film. I think they always um, have comedy in them as well so the dialogues always, you know you always get characters that have some quite fun dialogue and I think they're like just a bit lighter so as much as I love things like Saw and you know but they're, the gorier stuff is good but it's not for everybody so I think for people who are not really into that whole kind of torture thing um, Slash is a kind of a, a way into watching horror without it being too much and I, I, I love a jump scare you know I know some people don't but I do so I think you know Slash is a little bit of comedy, some good jump scares, good script. I think, yeah, the voice was my favorite. And and typically, uh, it's about like a group of teenagers going somewhere, and then they get killed one by one. I don't know. Yeah. There's something about just the fact that teenagers are get are the ones getting killed rather than, you know, say a group of elderly people are going on this camping trip. Like, there's something about <laughs> I'm not a teenager anymore, so I think it's about time we did some group of elderly <laughs> went on a camping trip and got killed. I think right? you know, that happened. Or yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say too much because I'll come up with an idea here and give it away. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a slasher film where you know a group of elderly people break out of a nursing home. Uh, and that that really needs to happen. Right. I'm surprised yeah. no one's thought of that yet. <laughs> yeah well you've just told on youtube so someone's going to do it now and it's going to be your idea ah uh, i i better uh i better get like a trademark on that uh yeah. <laughs> before someone else does yeah <laughs> <laughs> i idea and also older actors um 
I watched a film last year at a festival and the lead was an older lady and it was like there's not a lot of roles for you know an old um, you know a much older cast so that would actually be good it would give you know old actors a chance to do something get their teeth stuck into something right yeah yeah i i agree i i would i would watch the film if it ever got made sounds interesting <laughs> um there was uh, a couple of slashers that I, I wanted to bring up just because uh, I don't I don't know if you've watched them or not, but I thought they were pretty interesting. Um, I, I guess you consider you could consider this one a slasher film, but uh, there's one called Cradle of Fear, and I think it was made in the UK. Okay. Um, that one stars Danny Filth from uh, Cradle of Filth, um, and that one's. Uh, uh, streaming on Tubi, so if anyone wants to watch that one, but uh, it's about like a locked up serial killer um, who dispatches his satanic servant to exact his brutal revenge on people, and uh, it it has a little bit of everything. Like it has uh, tons of blood and gore. I don't want to really consider gore, but there's tons of blood in that film. Okay. Um, there's there's nudity and you know people that are maybe cradle filth fans see the lead singer uh, pretty much play the lead through the whole film and from what i've read and and this makes sense but the director of that film directed several cradle of filth music videos so i think that you know they built the relationship through either you know the music videos and then decided like hey let's make a horror film and surprisingly uh i i'll be honest i didn't really have high hopes for that one but uh surprisingly uh that one was pretty interesting and i i enjoyed it actually okay well i haven't seen that but i did recently watch and i don't know the name of it the, uh, the food fighters horror film oh yeah yeah studio 666 yeah yeah i really liked that I mean, it was kind of silly, but it was very watchable. Right. Well, that and that's that's like uh, what we were saying earlier with like, you know, like with typical slasher films, like there's got to be some humor in there. And, you know, I think they definitely pulled off the humor very well. And then also just being the fact that they played themselves as Foo, the Foo Fighter yeah. uh, uh, band and you know just playing themselves uh in in kind of like this meta way and man they they pulled it off really well i i really enjoyed that film yeah it kind of had like a mixture of like slasher but yet like evil dead yeah kind of tone yeah tons of gore and blood <laughs> yeah fun um Let's see. Do I have another fun horror film on here? I see. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of wrote like a couple more serious ones rather than fun ones, but um, there's one like horror film that uh, I think maybe needs like a big release because there's really not a big release of it. But it's called <clears throat> it's called Body Count from 1986 uh okay. directed by Ruggiero Diodato so this is like an Italian slasher film 
from the late 80s and you could definitely tell like the film was really inspired by like the Friday the 13th films Halloween like just that slasher resurgence in the 80s you know I think the the Italians really wanted to capture you know their take on a slasher film rather than uh, be stuck with like the giallo genre of like the murder mystery type of angle mm-hmm. um but uh the film is is kind of like a typical film like it's about like a group of teenagers they go to like uh they go camping at like an abandoned campsite and uh it was formerly uh indian burial ground and it then uh sounds right up my street but i haven't seen it <laughs> yeah yeah uh i Man, I was really surprised at how much I really enjoyed that slasher film. And it really hasn't had like a Blu-ray release or anything like that. And the soundtrack's amazing. I mean, Claudio Simonetti from Goblin. uh, And then, you know, he did terrific with his solo career still. Um, He's got an amazing soundtrack on the film, which I think goes a long way. Uh, If you have a good soundtrack in your film especially like a slasher film like that. Um, you, you know, you, <laughs> you got me in tune to, to what's on the screen. And then, uh, yeah, someone in the comment mentioned, uh, uh, David Hess was also in the film and David Hess being from, uh, the last house on the left in the, in the United States directed by Wes Craven. But then he also uh, worked with Ruggiero on uh, Last House, or not Last House on Left, but um, gosh, what movie is that? Help me out here, uh, <laughs> William. Uh, House at the Edge of the Park, I think. Okay. It's at the Edge of the Park, my bad. Um, so he, I think they you know, from working on that film, that was kind of, uh, that was more like a uh, house, house on the left. I'm getting all these house movies mixed up. <laughs> and that was more of like a home invasion type of film rather than a slasher. But, you know, he, I think knowing David from that film, he came back later um, to the, to the body count film. And, I think uh, in the United States, that film was, uh, wait, I don't know, I had had it written somewhere, Uh, in the UK, it goes by a different title of like, something vacation. Oh, okay, I don't know. And I thought I wrote it down, but I guess not. or you know what i got it mixed up i'm thinking of sleepaway camp uh in the uk it's called nightmare vacation okay so that, that's that's where i got that mixed up um but yeah i would say uh like what i'm trying to say in a nutshell uh check out body count if you haven't seen that one because i feel like you know if, if more people start watching that film like <laughs> It's it's worth a watch. So. 
Um, but yeah, uh, what uh, if you can even say much about like what would be like some of of the newer films that you're working on that uh, that, that I'm are like either going to be released soon or. Um, well, we just had a Horror on Sea Film Festival, which is in Southend, um, hosted by Paul Cockgrove, which is an amazing festival over two weekends. And I actually was in six films that screened. So one of them was Power Tool Cheerleaders versus a boy band of the Screeching Dead, which was directed by Pat Higgins, produced by Charlie Bond. Um, and that's a, I mean, that's a fun musical actually as a horror musical got to sing a song i didn't get to be one of the cheerleaders i was actually played one of the cheerleading coaches but i did get to shake some pom-poms which has always been a dream we only have cheerleaders here and i've always wanted to be one so i've got to live my you know american high school dream through that movie a little bit so that should be released hopefully soonish they're in talks with distribution at the moment um, another film that screened there was Horoscopes, which is an anthology by my co-pictures, MJ Dixon. And he actually asked 12 people to direct a small segment in the anthology. We had a picking live on his stream where they pick names out of the hats. And I actually directed my first piece for that. And he gave me Gemini. So I had to write and direct a piece, um, which the title had to be Gemini. It had to be horror and it had to be between five and seven minutes long. So that premiered at Hollandsey and is screening again at Romford Horror Festival uh, this month, February. Um, and oh, I'm nice. in the works of Horoscopes 2. So for Horoscopes 2, they gave me Dragon. I finally come up with an idea and I've written a script. So that's in pre-production at the moment. Um, and the other one is obviously you've mentioned Video Shop Tales of Terror, which was the brainchild of the lovely Sing Lao. Um, so every year at Horror on Sea, he puts on a video shop installation. So basically builds a video store. One who has a film in sends him a poster and he creates video box cases. And over the years, it's just got bigger and bigger. And then I think he was like, you know what, we can make this an anthology. So lots and lots of different directors are part of that. So within that, I worked with Tom Lee Rutter. Um, I worked with Andy Elias, I think that's how his name his name Michael Fausti, um, MJ Dixon again, and Alex Churchyard and his films. So that was Video Shot Tells Terror. The second one is in the works. Um, and I think I've actually got a quiet start to the year this year. So there's a couple of people that have said they may be doing something this year. So Kamal Yildirim and Michael Fausti again, hopefully, we'll be working with them at some point. So this nice. Year. Um, with the the video shop Tales of Terror, um, you play like kind of like a horror host, right? Like you kind of play the scenes like in between the anthologies. Yeah, that was kind of afterwards. I think that came about. They they decided to kind of host it, so I did that, and I I have shot that part for the second one. I haven't shot for any of the films in the second one. I don't know if I'm doing any of those. Um, it's up to the individual directors to decide. I think a third has been announced or hasn't been announced. Maybe I've just announced it and shouldn't have. Um, but uh -huh. yeah, I think they are thinking of a third as well. So yeah, the horror host. And then because in Ice Cream on the Beach, the character I played, um, Paula Valentine, she was an actress. And that's just part of the story in 
in the ice cream on the beach where somebody's just watching the film and it's her. So they, they kind of said, you know what, if instead of you can't be in all of the films, but you could play Paula playing characters. So it's kind of like a, yeah, a, like a few deep in there. I think in one of them I'm actually playing Paula playing another actress as well. So it's, it gets complicated. Hmm. Interesting. Um, with, with like the, the first, I guess like, yeah, the first one, um, has that been like, I don't, I don't know if that's been like released on streaming or anything. Maybe it's just played festivals no. or. Yeah. So at the moment it's just in festivals. So it premiered at ice cream, uh, at horror on sea and Romford horror festival. Romford horror is at the end of February in Essex in England and it's going to be screening there and apparently it's an uncensored version so I haven't seen the uncensored um I, well the first time I saw it was last week at Horror on Sea so I don't know what the difference is for uncensored but yeah I think at the moment it's just festivals and then they'll be looking into right on right on yeah I'm really looking forward to that film just because I I love me a good anthology film and they not <laughs> you'll have to ask they might catch that i said you have to ask them for a screener they might send one for review purposes in fact they were looking for people who do reviews so you can just oh. Them. Oh. We'll hook all you right up. yeah i'll definitely have to message them because i think i even yeah hook me up um I'll hook you i up. think yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i uh Actually, I think I donated a little bit to the Indiegogo campaign. So just because I'm really intrigued as just, you know, I like the concept of the of the film idea. So, yeah, I'm really anxious to to check it out. OK, well, I'll, I'll link you to one of the directors afterwards. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah, like, is, is there is there anything else that uh, that you'd like to mention as, as far as like any stories that you have on like some films that you've worked on or anything that you'd like to say to the fans? God, do you know, because I've been so busy, I tend to forget. So there's a film I shot called Mannequin, which is still not out yet. Um, and that was, that was about three summers ago. It was, it was pre lockdown and we actually had to camp on set. So Lawrence is in this film we um so the film was set around a campsite and a, a mannequin farm actually which actually exists it's a lady who repurposes mannequins and at one point there's a pile of about three thousand mannequins it's very creepy um but because we were shooting around this campsite and there's nothing else around there we had to camp so i actually went practice camping first before i kind of 100 percent agreed to do the movie because i was like if i hate camping then that's a lot of days camping, but it turned out I'm really good at camping. I really liked it. So <laughs> the film, and actually two of the girls on the film are now literally my best friends. We we formed a little girl band together. We released one whole song, um, but we have since been camping and we, yeah, we do lots of outdoorsy stuff, lots of hikes and things together. So that's Megan Lockhurst and Cheryl Neve are also both actresses um, in the film. So we've, yeah, that film's given us this kind of lifelong friendship. But Lawrence was actually on the movie as well. He also camped. And I ended up catering because we were living on, you know, like making sandwiches and pot noodles. I was like, look, we need a proper meal. And there was a kitchen on this farm and we were allowed to use the kitchen. So because of the makeup I had on, they kind of got me finished first so I could shower 
And then I ended up cooking everybody like a proper evening meal around this big table. So Lawrence was there and the girls. Um, I had my little dog that I used to have. She was on set too. I think she's made it into the movie. Gored huh. herself a role for being cute. But awesome. yeah, other, I, I tend to forget things that I've, when I've been on set, it's like you go, you do it, it's a whirlwind, and then you, you know, you leave. Right. Was it, was like, I guess, like, is there like anything like wild that happened on the set, or like, was there like anything dangerous that, uh, that happened on set while, while you were working on a film? No, I mean, they tend to keep us, well, no, I say this actually, I say they tend to keep us safe, but on the mannequin set, one of the crew, he's actually like a fire eater. And so he, he taught us how to do some stuff with fire. So that's probably a little bit dangerous, but generally they keep us safe. I don't like spiders. That was the worst thing about that. In the <laughs> my tent, all these tiny little spiders used to like come into the porch bit of my tent. So I'd try and leave the bedroom bit and they, there's all these spiders hanging from the ceiling. So I would just scream and the makeup artist used to come running. Alex um, would come and rescue me. But he's a, he was the SFX artist and he's actually going to be working on my dragon film. So, you know, we keep, you meet awesome. all these people, like, yeah, work with them again. Awesome, yeah. very cool. Not, not a spider fan, huh? Spider fan. And I think on Bad Moon Rising, the director was trying to put me in, a, like, go, go and like, hide in this bush. I was like, I'm not hiding in a bush. That's where spiders live. We'll have to change that bit. So, yeah. <laughs> so probably yeah. safe to say I won't see in too many spider films in the future. Not if there's real spiders in them. Well, I say this, I, I, it's the little scuttly spiders. I think tarantulas, like big spiders, I don't think... And I've never held one. I haven't been that close to one, so I don't know. But I don't think they're quite as scary. And I think because they're more creature-like and they're not so fast, they don't seem to scuttle. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. In my mind, <laughs> I'd like to hold one. But if it came to it, I probably As long as, like, it has, like, the venom taken out of them. Like, they're, well, like, you know, I, I pet that. spiders. I don't know. I'm like I'm fine with snakes. I'm fine with lizards. I'm fine with rats. It's just spiders. For sure. Horrible creatures. <laughs> well, uh, Danny, uh, is there anything that like you know you'd like to to plug on the show? Like any websites or like any merch sites or anything that the fans can check out? Um, well, my website's www.danny-thompson.com. Um, my my Twitter's recently been hacked, so if you'd like to follow my new Twitter, it's Miss Danny Tees Two, T Double E Z E. Um, so my yeah my Miss Danny Tees Twitter got hacked a few weeks ago, and I can't get it back. They also stole my email. These hackers. So if you're out oh, there, no. um, and if you're in a hot well, they will never know. Um, and Instagram's Miss Danny Tees. Okay, awesome. Yeah, uh, I will make sure to to put the links in the show notes so okay. people can can check out your website and your okay. social medias. Yeah, I need to get back up to my fifteen thousand followers. I've got about ninety seven on Twitter now, <laughs> so I only restarted it a couple of days ago. I wasn't going to, and um, I was actually I'd walked into my corridor and I could smell fish and chips, which I don't know. That's not really a big thing out there, right? But 
I love the smell. I don't even eat fish, but it's just the vinegar and the chips. And I needed to, to you know, tweet about it. So I restarted my Twitter just because of that. That was it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, hopefully this podcast will get you uh, some more followers on Twitter. I like an extra few. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, Danny, uh, Thank you so much for taking time coming on here and talking about the horror genre. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. And uh, for for the uh, live viewers, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, I had a fun conversation and, and seeing everyone comment on the on the live stream. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. So. Uh, on my end of things, if you want to follow the Root Horror Podcast on social medias, uh, anywhere from like going to the website that I have, um, or just everything Root Horror Podcast in general, you can go to www.linktree.com forward slash Root Horror Podcast. And, you know, you can follow the, the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the YouTube as well. For uh, the listeners that listen on uh, the podcast platforms like Spotify, um, to, uh, Pandora Radio, or iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, like wherever you listen to podcasts, if you haven't subscribed to the, the YouTube channel, uh, definitely go to uh, the linktree.com forward slash root horror podcast and subscribe because I'm going to be doing a lot more videos and, um, just you know more content on the the live streams and the youtube channel in general so definitely subscribe and um stay tuned for the next one
You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.